0: Today, we're going to talk about reinvigorating your career with organizational psychologist Nick Tassler, who was featured in podcast number nine back in May of 2020. So stay tuned. Welcome back to another Future Tech video podcast. The audio version of this podcast is available on the Apple podcast platform and Spotify and most of the others, or you can find it at futr.buzzsprout.com. When we first talked to Nick in May of last year, he was trying to figure out what he was going to do as the events industry went into lockdown, effectively ending his work as a keynote speaker. At that time, we talked about pivots, and Nick made a great pivot. Nick is now a content producer and has come a long way from where he was back in May. Today, we're going to catch up with Nick and find out what went into his pivot and his transformation and how he took this opportunity in a time of pandemic to reinvigorate his career. And maybe it'll be some good advice as to how you can reinvigorate your career as well. Welcome, Nick.
1: Thank you very much, Chris. Sandage.
0: Great to have you back, man. Great to have you back. Um, so, um, we talked to you almost a year ago now. I mean, it, it, it's mm-hmm. been a while, and it was right at the front end it feels like it's been a decade <laughs> yeah. actually doesn't it, doesn't it? i mean we've lost the, uh-huh. lost all sense of time um yeah. but i th- i think the th- the thing that was really interesting was that was we were kind of at the front end of our podcast journey um and we were looking at the pandemic and uh you know really trying to make sense of sort of the, some of the you know mental health aspects of it and you know how to how to get out of your own way to, to be successful in a pandemic thing. And, you know, you, we talked to you from an organizational psychologist perspective. Um, But the thing that was really interesting is at that time you had, you know, been faced with a very different world and, you know, because you were traveling and giving speeches and talking to corporations and doing all that. And all of a sudden, you know, travels out of the question and, and there you are. And I think that's sort of the beginning of this really interesting pivot story that you have that I I want want to let you tell.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, interesting is one way to describe it. I can think of some other adjectives. Um, But... uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so essentially my, my, uh, basically my fortunes are linked to the hospitality industry. Yeah. So even if you don't know anything about, you know, what the, the, the life or business of a, of a keynote speaker is like, just look at, well, what is it like for a hotel and an event planning business or person? Um, and that's essentially it. So like my, my fortunes follow theirs. And so, um, yeah, it was, all of a sudden, it was. I mean, like at this point, it's cliche to say it was a black swan incident, yeah. but um, I mean that's really what it was, right? So how do you take this? Everything involving travel and in person, um, you know, and it's like it's affected us all, duh, obviously, right? But but it's not like that's a part of what my business was. That was 100% yeah. of what my business was. And so not pivoting really was not an option. Yeah. Mm. Uh,
0: Well, it it was, it was really interesting because I mean, you know, we were, when we were talking to you, you like many other people were sort of going through the things like "What, what, what the hell do I do next? Right. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned your whole livelihood kind of went away and I think it was interesting timing, you know, that you were, you know, doing, doing our podcasts and, and sort of really thinking through those issues. So um you've obviously come a long way and I'm going to run some, show some video of what you're, what you're doing now. Your unwavering commitment to love and generosity shaped your response in spite
1: of all the adversity. Or maybe, maybe you just want to tell a comedy, a funny story about how this unbelievable string of bloopers and setbacks and catastrophes in 2020 taught you not to take life so seriously. Um, you shifted hard and you
0: shifted well,
1: yeah and you know it's, it's uh I, I think there's kind of like um, there, there's two what I want to say two aspects of that two two trains that were running on parallel tracks, pulling me um, toward this pivot, and one is the fact that um, I speak about and write about and you know have have expertise in Adapting to change. Yes,
2: right, so right exactly.
1: I'm still getting, uh, you know, I'm being asked to talk to all these people in every kind of industry you can imagine about how do you adapt to change? How do you deal with disruption when it's happening to you and you didn't choose it and, and yada, yada, yada. And it was, it's always been sort of like this um, uh, something that's happening to other people. And I've, I've, you know, decided to make some changes in my life in the past. They gave me some some expertise on it and some personal experience with it, but this was the first one that was. Re- I mean, aside from like having kids, this was <laughs> the the most major external uh, force that disrupted my whole way of being. Yeah. And um, so it was kind of like, all right, well, I need to practice what I preach. For one thing, just so I'm not a total hypocrite, yeah. right? I'm telling all these people you can do it, and here's <laughs> how you do it, and you follow this step and that step. <laughs> Well, now you're living it, buddy. You know, this is life imitating art here. Yeah. And um, so so I had to do that. But And then at the other time, and, and this is the part that I think is, is relevant to all of us, um, which is I had some things that I wanted to do technology related. Um, and this has really been, I would say, one of the major storylines of 2020 for business, for for corporate, uh, the corporate world, and really businesses in general. Is you know we talk about how the digital transformation that was estimated to take five to ten years happened in six months. Yeah. Um, in in virtually every industry and every company that's still you know still alive today, and it was a similar thing for me in that there were things. That I wanted to do that, you know, that I, I maybe wouldn't have called them digital transformation. Um, but there were things that had always been like on the back burner. And I was, they were never a priority, but I'd been thinking about them for three, four, five years. And all of a sudden, you know, the, um, <laughs> The the shitstorm hit, and or the stars aligned depending on whether you know, depending on whether I, I want to be pessimistic or optimistic about it, right. right? And it just all of a sudden like forced you. Now's the time. It's it's this the, these things that you've had on the back burner are now suddenly like uh, make it or break it um, essentials. And the liberating part about that is all of a sudden it was really easy to make those nice to haves an immediate priority. It made a lot of sense to wake up every morning and focus on digital transformation. In a way, before it was like, You know tech people trying to drag the rest of the company along and like in my head i've got my own like tech person and (laughs) non-tech person you know and all of a sudden when the pandemic hit you know the 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 tech person sitting on this shoulder or you know on this side of the brain was like okay i got the wheel now i'm the one in the driver's (laughs) seat so you just shut up and listen to me yeah and that's how it happens, you know, psychologically. Well, you
0: know, you have, uh, there was, I watched an interesting video of yours and it was, basically you said, you know, in 10 years, how are you going to tell your story of 2020? Ask yourself, in 10 years, how do I want to
1: remember telling the story of how I responded to this crisis? This simple question capitalizes on a phenomenon that psychologists call temporal distancing, which is really just a fancy way of imagining yourself in a distant time or place. And by asking that question, it shifts your brain's focus from the crisis to the main character's response to that crisis.
0: In an instant, your strife becomes a story. Basically, you said, you know, either you're going to, tell it like oh god it was a disaster everything was horrible i suffered and i sat inside and i couldn't take it or you're gonna have this amazing story of transformation right Mm -hmm. and it's it's yours to choose right and you know clearly you've done that we've done that um you know but but i do think a lot of people are kind of mired in that that um downward spiral of what 2020 did to them rather than what they did in spite of 2020
1: yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think actually, Chris, um, I think if all of us, if we're honest, we're all both of those people depending on the time of the day. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> like, if, if we didn't get a lot of sleep last night, we're a victim of, of 2020. Yeah. Um, if we just close the deal, we're a hero of 2020. And you know what I yeah. mean? And it's like it, it's, it's so it's so situationally dependent and mood dependent. Um but I think the the point I guess of that is is that we're all capable of of looking at it in both of those ways, and so it really is it has to be a conscious choice of which way I'm going to do that. And you know what you're talking about the in ten years. Well, that's just a um, uh, there, there's this idea called psychological distancing that I we might have I'm trying to think now we might have talked maybe, about this maybe. on the on the first podcast, yeah. but um. But anyway, this notion of psychological distancing is like how your brain shifts by by separating yourself from the situation. You can do that in in numerous ways. Um, You can do that by saying, you know, if I were uh, somebody else, and you can define somebody else, if I were, um, you know, if I were a woman in, in, in India right now, how would I look at my situation? Right. Or if I were a technology executive in Silicon Valley, how would I look at my situation? You know, you can like, however you wanna do it. And then another way to do it is just not looking as though you are somebody else, but like you in the future. And that's where the, in 10 years, so you know, we're actually one of the things that human beings are really good at is imagining the future. It's also what creates a ton of anxiety that other animals don't have to deal with. (laughs) But when we use it for good, we're actually really good if we say, okay, in 2030, what's the world going to look like? We can paint a pretty clear picture if we want. Yeah. And um, we can imagine, I, you know, I'm gonna be 52 years old. My, kids, my oldest kid is going to be um, you know, out of college for two years and you know, all these things that are like, whoa, this is um, kind of crazy. But if you can put yourself in that place and look back and say, <laughs> now, when I'm looking at it from that removed perspective, how, what do I want to remember doing and not doing? And, and one of the things that invariably comes up, and of course it depends on your personality and your disposition, et cetera, but um, we tend to be much more focused, when we look at our future self looking back on today, we tend to focus much more on on the prospect of missed opportunities, rather than kind of the day-to-day, you know, we, we, we think more about sins of omission rather than sins of commission. Yeah. In 10 years from now, you don't want to remember playing it safe. You're going to be pissed off at yourself if there were opportunities that you didn't take. Yeah. You know, whether it be, you know, you didn't ask that person out for a date. You didn't take that job. You didn't invest in that company. Those are the things that right now you're like, I'm going to play it safe. Better to be safe than sorry. But your future self, you know, wants to give you a kick in the pants for doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... uh that's interesting because you know we, we talk so much about social distancing. You got you got like the emotional distancing piece in there, um, which is which is I, I think that's a really good good way to look at it. Um, but I think I think one of the things that's interesting, and I I, want, I would love for you to speak to it. And I think um, you kind of have a parallel path, you know, to what Sundish has been going on. And I think the thing that's interesting about you know like my pivot versus your pivot versus Sundish's pivot is when you pivot. You know, playing to your strengths is a is a great thing, and you have everybody has a certain set of skills mm-hmm. that they bring to the game, and I think you kind of want to focus on those. And I, you know, you have a, a set of skills. Sundish has a set of skills um, that are not mine. You know, probably, and 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 so, like for example, I know Sundish, you know, is is embarking on this whole new um, you know podcast. Uh, with With super Brown, which is amazing, but you know sundish's skills you know he's he's great at you know acquiring talent and putting wow. the 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 people together and having conversations, but you know he doesn't he he doesn't come from a background of of having um, filmmaking skills or photography skills mm-hmm. and things like that. so you know <laughs> you know I think the the point is is that look at what you you are good at and focus on doing the things you are good at and where you're not good. It's great to ask for help because you don't want to yeah. get stuck like you said not doing the thing that you want to do because you just you know can't ask for help, right? Yeah. I yeah. think that's a big piece of it. So I tell me a little bit about like how you, you know, made this yeah. pivot.
1: Well, I uh, you know a, a big a big part of um so talking about my skills what I have and what I don't have is um okay, so I I'm I'm very competent and knowledgeable about uh, psychology and how to, um, you know, working with organizations, how to how to talk about that on a stage in front of people. What I didn't have was was technology skills. And in a virtual world, that became a glaring deficiency. Right. And, um, you know, we always talk about, right, you can you can build it or you can buy it right. um, in terms of talent or, or whatever. And initially, I, I, I decided I needed to do both um i need to i need to get more uh i need to acquire a baseline foundation level of of knowledge about what i'm doing here but in in my pivot in order for this pivot to be successful i don't have time to wait for me to climb up the learning exactly. curve by myself you know yeah. and so one of the things that was really fortuitous for me about at the beginning of of the pandemic uh, shortly thereafter is uh my my good friend uh sandesh called and said uh hey we're doing this podcast (laughs) how would you like to be on this podcast and uh and i'm like there's nothing i would like to do more than be on your podcast and uh you know two handsome devils like yourselves I'd love to be associated with that you know
2: <laughs> That's a first. Well, you got to get your eyes <laughs>
1: checked but other than that. <laughs> no, but uh so it was uh so anyway so I did it and and we had fun but on top of the on top of having fun with it and um um you know Chris is like in pre- preparing for me to do the podcast you gave me like a crash course on Audio, video, the like, kind of the the basic ins and outs of it. That was incredibly valuable. Oh, great! You know, and I and I do. I thought about that afterward. What if I had said, you know what, Dish? I love you, but I'm too busy. I don't have time for your podcast. Um, I would have been languishing a lot longer um, in making this pivot, in making this this transformation, and and you know it's not like you could immediately you know do like like neo in the chair and just give me all your knowledge right but um but you were able to like point me in the right direction which then i was able to um ask a guy that i'd already been working with already trusted a lot and got him like twice as involved as he was pre-pandemic and turns out He knows a ton about this stuff. He's like been a godsend for me, but I just didn't even know to ask the right Right. questions. Um, And that I think is a key part too. It's not even so much like ego and hubris about why we don't ask for help. We don't even- Don't know know the right questions. Yeah, you're such like a virgin in in a particular domain. You don't even, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know the like the range of possibilities and into how to even- ask the right questions or ask the right people. And now, you know, I, I've, I've been able to figure that out. And I still, I don't edit my own videos. I still don't, you know, I can't fly solo when I'm doing a virtual presentation. But I know enough because, you know, he knows what I need. I know what I know. He knows what he knows. And together we create a pretty nice combination.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that's a, such an important message. It's like, don't let... Um you know, don't let those little barriers stand in your way. I mean, mm-hmm. just because you don't know how to edit video right now, mm-hmm. um, it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't shouldn't do this uh, because you're going to get so much further ahead if you just kind of just make it happen. Yeah. And I think the thing that yeah. is also really cool that both you and Sundish are doing is, you know, you're taking care of, you're moving forward and taking care of some of the things that you don't know how to do by getting other people to help you. But you're also at the same time investing in that and learning those things on the side so that you know every step of the way you get more knowledgeable about what you're doing right and i think i think that's a really cool way to go i mean essentially you know tell, tell us a little bit about your your journey and how how that went. well so now nick you understand how blessed i am to have chris right and
2: <laughs> yeah. um yeah. when he it literally when he was pushing me towards the podcast my first reaction was we're not going to do a podcast dude i don't want to do it you know <laughs> and he kept bringing it up and then ultimately he's like he convinced me so i'm like okay but you're gonna have to help me so he helped me pick out the camera the lighting the microphone the here's how it connects to this and this go watch this youtube go watch that youtube and i the amazing part of my journey the thing i'm so grateful for is i saw these little moments of progress where i would be like whoa I think I'm understanding this. Like I get it now, you know, and I know why Chris is telling me this about my lighting, and I understand why he's having this, yes. you know, having th- this much room above your head and have it, you know, kind of tilted this yes. way and do that and do this. And so, what I what I learned first from Chris was just get started. Right? If you look at look at his yes. look at his videos, like him doing his stuff, mm-hmm. every single week, every single month that goes by. He's putting in new animations and doing new things and tweaking this and tweaking that. Things that I, the human most people don't even see, but it bugs him, and then he makes it better and he makes it his, you know? And so the first thing I would say is mm-hmm. the hardest, hardest thing was just to get started, right? Yeah. N- yeah. Number one hardest thing, but the second part was, since we're around so many startups and things of that nature, we, Chris and I consult a lot of them to help them build the right business and the right message for for their brand. And so this was like now my opportunity to do that. And I wanted to remind myself, this is a journey. You're not gonna figure this out in the next three to six months. There's always gonna be room for improvement. You're just always going to have to learn. And that's a life lesson for me because now it's like for the rest of my life, I wanna keep learning. Like now I'm just so excited yeah. mm-hmm. to learn. And when I have time, I'm gonna learn how to use this camera better. And I'm gonna learn how to take <laughs> pictures and stuff. But for a couple of weeks, I was trying to learn all this stuff on photography. I'm like, what are you doing? Figure out the video first. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. So yeah, it's been amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I think there's a, there's a larger lesson there. Um, the, the, you're talking about Dish. And I, and I think probably if you, if you go back through your history, um, both of you, uh, and, and everybody who's watching right now, I, I bet if you if you think about anything you did, whether it was a, a sport or music or or something that you did throughout the course of your life, it, th- there is a recipe. There is a recipe for how you right. got good at it, and it was you just started. My kids have played more video games in the last nine months than they have in their entire lives. Yeah. But, you know, we used to be total Nazis about screen time and that's just like totally gone out the window. Um, because it's like the only way they get to talk to their friends in Puerto Rico. Yeah. We've been on, on like quarantine live. They haven't had school since March of 2020. Yeah. I'm in the um, same boat once, with my kids.
0: Same thing. That's their, their yeah. main avenue of socialization.
1: Yeah, and so I'm like, all right. So you know, they're not just sitting on a on an iPad. They've got their headset and they're talking to their friends and they're connecting with friends back in Minnesota and whatever. So anyway, so I'm letting them do that. But anyway, what I'm noticing though is like they approach video games like their approach to getting better at video games is the way that we've all gotten good at anything we've ever tried. It's just. Yeah, it seems like a game, so you put it aside, but that's how you got good at math. That's how you, you know, whatever, anything that you develop some kind of proficiency in, is, you know, the difference in a video game is it's fun. From day one, the video game makers make sure that it's fun yeah. from the beginning. But I'll go back to, you know, like, uh, so you got the, the surfboard in the back here. Um, when I first learned to surf as a, you know, 26 year old adult, I didn't learn as a kid. I lived in Iowa. There's not a lot of surfing in Iowa. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and, uh, you know, like my, the thing I always, after I learned how to do it and I'm still not good, but you know, I became proficient, right. A yeah. good enough. And, um, and the thing I always told anybody who wanted to learn is I said, you have to enjoy just splashing around in the waves because that's all you're going to be doing for the first six months. Yeah. You will not catch a wave for six months. So just get that idea out of your head. If the only reason you're doing this is to be able to stand up on a board like you've seen on videos, you're going to hate it. You're going to, have, you're going to be freezing cold in California, you know, Pacific waters for six months and it's going to suck. Yeah. So you just have to like, you know what, I just get to spend an hour or two going out splashing in the waves. And I think about that often, you know, like a couple years ago, um, I decided I was going to learn search advertising, like Google ads. And, um, and it was the same way that I'm now learning how to do um, video stuff. I just basically said, I'm going to take three months and I have this dollar amount set aside, and i'm going to approach this the same way that i approach writing a book. when i write a book, i say i got 6 months, i break it down, i'm going to spend this time period to this time period every single day and until, you know, until it's done. and no matter i don't get up from the chair until i have this many words written. i was like, well, what if i just applied that same thing to search advertising, you know? and and once i just sat down and did it, you you start learning and it starts to become fun and i think the same thing could be said for you know learning video or learning whatever
0: so i think you know one of the thing that that's interesting one of the things that's interesting about what you're doing nick is that i i like the style of your videos i like the fact that you know you 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 came in you you got a you, your black wall you you got your surfboard, you've got your Marvel movie, you know, teal and green and, and orange lights. Um, Which I never knew was a Marvel movie
1: <laughs> reference yeah, until right. now. But
0: but, but I, I think the thing that's interesting about all that stuff is that, um, you know, like taste is one of those things that's hard to teach. Right, mm-hmm. and, and like inserting a little bit of, of taste in, into into what you, what you're doing is is one of those kind of important and unique skills that everybody needs to foster, I think. Uh, but it's mm. also like I I I feel for everybody. The technical side of things is one you could hire somebody to do it for you. Two, you um, you know, it, it's it's ultimately at the end of the day, it's just you know, there's there's best practices for doing things like that. But the thing that's not mm something that you can just hire somebody in to do is you know show who you are showcase who you are you know your tastes um your story your uh, ideas and things like that and i think that's the thing that's really important for people to focus on is sort of the storytelling the big picture of storytelling right not the not the other stuff
1: yeah i think uh Uh, well in the storytelling and like, how do you tell the story the way that you would tell it? Not the way you're supposed to tell it, not the way other people tell it, but the way you tell it. And, you know, it's, uh, if we step out of just like, you know, whether it's video making or whatever, like, I think that was, that's a lesson, um, that's hard to learn if you're going to be a public speaker is, uh, it takes a really long time to be yourself on stage. Yes. Just like... It takes a really long time to be yourself in front of the camera no doubt um,
0: and it's hard to let loose. it's hard to yes. it's hard to um, be vulnerable and that's one of the things that I constantly struggle with and what I'd like to do better this year is being more vulnerable you know like in these you know like sharing more of myself because I think mm-hmm. I think that helps people relate to what you're doing a lot more but it's hard. It's yeah. very hard. It's, we're all, yeah. you know, like I'm a very guarded person in, in a lot of ways, you know, so that's a little bit of a struggle for me.
1: Yeah. No, it it is true. And it's, um, uh, and I think in some ways all of us are, you know, and, um, and anyway, we could have a whole nother podcast about how, how do you do that? But I, I think like, it's really, it's like, it's basics of, you know, when I practice a speech, it's very different when I practice it in the mirror versus practicing it against the wall. Yeah. Um, you know, to see yourself when, when you're looking at yourself, you're like, wait, that's not me. Why would I, why would I do that? And when, when do I ever talk to somebody like this? Yeah. Well, and the next thing I wanted to say, never, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, so it's like when you, see, when you literally look at yourself in the mirror, we used to talk about it metaphorically, but literally when you look at yourself in the mirror, you see, am I, is that, is that really me? Um, or, or not, you know, yeah. and, um, I'll say that's one of the other interesting things about doing, you know, switching from, say, live to to virtual is I can see myself right now. Yeah. And um, and it, it changes, you know, like you know if you're being you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and, and Sundish, I know that was, you know, one of the things you always talked about, how it was, you know, kind of a, a tricky piece for you is to just kind of open up and be natural totally. on camera.
2: Well, you you used you to always to- say you need to find your voice. Right, you used to always yes. say that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. trying to figure that out because what you guys are saying is exactly true because there's like the part of me that, you know, wants to be mindful that I am talking properly, not, you know, being being serious at the yeah. right time and maybe being trying to be funny at the right time. But just, you know, I don't want to be judged. I'm so worried about being yeah. judged negatively, so I want to take the safe route on everything. But Chris yeah. would always say, yeah. "Dude, you're best when you're vulnerable. You're best when you're vulnerable. You just gotta let go of that. Don't don't even yeah. think about it. You know. And it's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, <laughs> you know. But you know, you're amazing. <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, but no. yeah. But you know, I think that's again. I think for the future of our world." influencer marketing and this whole attention economy and everything else that is happening for our children, part of the reason why I'm doing the things I'm doing for selfishly is I want to learn this so I can become a better parent. Because right now, Mm -hmm. anytime my my daughter asks for anything, we say no. Uh, No to TikTok, no to this, no to that. We gave her a phone and stuff like that, right? But the reason why we're saying no is because we don't understand it. So we're scared, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is also selfishly a way for me to just jump in, learn everything that I can, and hopefully it helps me in my personal life too, right? That's why making that pivot was easier yeah, yeah. because there are so many things to learn from this, you know? And now Chris is putting up videos to basically tell people, hey, if you want to set this up, this is my camera, this is my lighting, this is what I use, this is how I do it, because we want other people to do this as well. You know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the one thing I always kind of just have to constantly remind myself is like, as far as my kids are concerned, the the job they're going to have hasn't been created yet. I mean, because if you, if I, you know, back to your 10 years ago, uh, looking back 10 years ago, if I said I was going to have a YouTube channel, I'd be like, nah, that's that's not a thing. (laughs) You know? I mean. What what am I? What am I, 12? Right. Well, I mean, like even just 10 years ago, I mean, 2010, it was not even really a... There's nobody who's, you know, I mean, maybe there's a couple people making a living off of YouTube, but it was very rare, right? You know, not that I'm yes. making a living off of YouTube, but I'm just saying, like, going down that path as, you know, like, mm-hmm. and taking it seriously and, and putting together a lot of stuff, I would have never have thought that.
1: Yeah, I th- I think so, too. And and I think, you know, something like that, like a YouTube channel or a podcast or whatever, it's it's almost becoming, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, maybe, but... It's almost becoming like a like a resume, you know, like, yeah. like you can't exist without a LinkedIn profile yes. now, right? Yes. Um, and 15 years ago, that wasn't true. That was only for like people who are really like super networkers or super needing a job or, you know, right. um, and, and I think all of a sudden now it's like, okay, you know, to be legitimate, you almost have to have your own website, <laughs> even if it's just two pages, Um and so I think that the next iteration of that is going to be a YouTube channel and, and you know, being already my kids like, you know, they've – I'm starting to catch up to them in terms of learning about video. Yeah. You know, and they're like 12 and 13. Um Yeah. So yeah, I, I would like like you dish. I would like to be able to contribute more to that conversation, and so it's a big motivator. Yeah. You no,
2: know, I I also heard just recently there's a company uh, that is coming out for salespeople where like the goal is for salespeople like me would have like a Yelp review. Mm. you know which, which is mm. kind of scary right uh you know because you know i've been you know being on twitter now so i joined twitter like two months ago or something two three months ago just to like learn
1: really on the cutting edge. yeah i mean yeah
2: <laughs> see see it takes me a while to adopt this stuff right it took me a while but i was like said the technology said, so yeah well. you know right yeah yeah really <laughs> yeah. transforming over here um but uh what i learned is it, there's so much negativity on there and and yeah. i heard people talking about it but then to see it and just experience it and better understand it i'm still going to have a twitter presence but i'm just going to be a little more mindful of it you know like yeah. cuz man what is up with all the haters man like i don't get it you know like chris and i are always like it's not a zero sum game to us you know it's like mm-hmm. everyone can win why does somebody have to lose yeah. In order for one person to win, you know, it's yeah. so like I, this me, me, you know, uh, generation that we are in this time that we're on, this just has to change, you know?
0: Yeah no, doubt. yeah, no doubt.
2: And I don't blame them. Right. Cause these kids, like, you know, you know, you know, we all have children at that age right now. And, you know, my kids are always on YouTube, man, always talking about Mr. Beast and they're, you know, doing the Minecraft stuff. And, you know, they're constantly asking me, dad, can I download this app? Roblox right? The uh, the one that you've it's been talking the, about.
0: Roblox is the number one most played game in the world. Yeah. Hundreds really? of millions of users.
2: Yeah. But, but like, mm-hmm. you, you know, I think the one thing that we've learned from our Silicon Valley days, Chris, is there's some trends that you just don't want to go against, right? Like yeah. Yeah. you jump on board and, you know, like cloud was a big one in our, in our, uh, yeah. in our uh, last 10 years, maybe eight years, seven years. It's been a slow progress, but the ones that have been successful is that they were already envisioning the future with cloud, and they designed the technology with cloud in mind. You know, yeah. And so, yeah, so yeah. you don't, so you don't want to try to go against a trend like social media right now. As much as I see some negatives yeah. of
0: it, it's also there's some positives too. There's a lot of positives to all that stuff. Yeah, no doubt. It's. I mean, you know, like yeah. I, I remember when I was when I was young. You know, and there's Space Invaders and things like that. I, I, My parents were freaked out. It's like, you're spending too much time playing these stupid video games. You're at the arcade, you know, wasting all your quarters, right? Yeah. And, you know, like, so my buddy got a computer. It was a TRS-80, the, you know, good old Trash 80 Model 1. And we wanted to figure out how to program Space Invaders on it, right? And that's how I got mm. into technology. I mean, that was yeah. that was the launching point mm. for my whole career. And my parents at the time were saying... Stop wasting your time you know no it, it,
1: it's a it 's a great point and and i mean it 's so ironic that, the, that you brought this up because this has been like occupying a lot of my mental space in the last few days uh, of like um, so i'm i 'm like limiting we're ta- we 're always trying to limit our kids' screen time and how much they 're playing video games and whatever, and then i 'm thinking this might be. Their future, yeah, you know, like is it, is it really going to be filling out worksheets? Um, like, is that going to be their future? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is it? So, you know, like my son wants his own YouTube channel, and now he's making these Fortnite videos and and whatever. And uh, so, I'm kind of looking at all right. And, and so, and, and I was actually just thinking, okay, this year I'd like each of my kids to set a goal to get good at something, kind of like what we were talking about yeah. earlier. What if they say, I want to get good at Fortnite or or (laughs) I want to get good at YouTube? Um, That won't be what I had in mind. I was thinking more like soccer or basketball (laughs) or, or, uh, you know. But if they say that, you know, what's the, you know, should I be resisting that? I mean, that's probably more likely that. For sure, that's going to be more important to their future than soccer or basketball. Well, they're the ones you know?
0: building the future. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. the one building the future. Right. They're the ones who are no. going to build that future. So, You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But but I mean, but you know, like I, I almost think we we as adults should listen to them a little bit more because we're going to be living in the world that they create at some point, yeah. right? And yeah. so, you know. It's something to think about and think about hard, Yeah. right?
1: Well, and Chris, I think your example is such a good one of, uh, you know, 30 years ago, your parents were coming down on you for something that became, you know, a very successful career that started with you plugging quarters at the arcade. Um, And, you know, so it's just like, again, 10 years from now, (laughs) I want to look back Right. and be the parent that told my kid, don't do that thing that is now dominates our entire world. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, don't get into that. Don't learn about
0: that. Well, but, you know, it's a, you know, not, not to make a terrible pun, but 2020, you know, is, is perfect vision, right? I mean, you, you, you look, looking backwards, mm. it's easy to see, oh, well, that was clearly a trend that was huge. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, identifying it from this end is very hard. It's very hard right because there's and you you have so many biases built into you know the status quo that identifying trends is a really, really tricky thing
2: absolutely it's like when yeah. with our with yeah. our parents you know our parents would say to us when we were you know in our twenties. Oh, we didn't, you know, we didn't have the internet when we were kids, you know, so like, what do they think about the internet, right? The internet was a horrible thing. You know, don't go on the internet there. The kids are upstairs probably just poking around on the internet, you know, who knows what they're doing, right? Uh, yeah. But again, that's a trend that 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 we knew was was going to manifest to what it is today. There's so many of these things that are happening now. That's why these video conferencing and these video pivots that we're all talking about is going to be the future. Now it's just a matter of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who's going to change, right? Chris, you have that uh, one mm-hmm. quote from Darwin um, that I just love, right? It's not the, the strongest or the smartest that will survive, but the ones that are most adept to change, you know? Yep. I think, yeah, yeah. I think I totally, true. Th- yeah, it's totally true, you know, and, Dude, mm-hmm. I didn't want to do all this. You know, I, this wasn't like this wasn't really like something I was excited about. I was I was nervous about it. But now that I have even the baseline, I see a whole different world and so many yes. new ideas. You know, I, yeah. I did a podcast huh. with my daughter for her for her school project. You know, yeah. but and the reason why I did that is because I wanted her to get excited about it. So we so we do yeah. it, and she goes, "Dad, that was really fun." I'm like, yeah, oh, it was, uh, right? Like, you pick uh-huh. a topic, then you have a conversation, and, you know, this is, you know you, this is why we have to have the lights here, and you have to talk into this microphone, this is how it works, blah, blah, blah. And I want to start planting those seeds. And I, and I, and I hope that, you know, your kids are seeing everything that you're doing, Nick, and hopefully, you know, not making fun of you, because that's how it started with me. I was being made fun of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> look, look, it's, it's, it's always a balancing yeah. act, right? <laughs> Between interest and fun making. But, um. um but no, uh, this year you're totally, I will say that is one of the things, probably when we first, when the three of us first talked back in April or May, um, you know, uh, my my line was was there's going to be innovations for you, for me, for all of us that are going to come out of this that you can't see right now. You can't fathom it. You can't imagine it. But I promise you, before this is all said and done, um, there will be things that you look back on that started that you, that, that have changed the way you operate and maybe changed, you know, your business, whatever that you can't even imagine right now. Back then it was merely an article of faith. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, it's like I'm preaching that message <laughs> and I'm telling myself it's true, but of course you you, you, you wonder, you doubt sometimes, yeah. you know, and, um, But I'll tell you that has been one of the things for sure that I think like now all of a sudden, like I've told myself this can be an opportunity. This can be an opportunity, right? This, uh, whatever, and now I'm starting to see that that wasn't a joke. Like this really could be, for me, um, for that regard, uh, uh, work-life balance, okay, for for one thing, has been huge, particularly (laughs) so, because I can't travel anymore, what does that mean? I don't have to travel anymore. Right. I can you know. And and so all of a sudden, and so on top of just the fact that, you know, I don't have to spend so much time racing through airports and, and, you know, waiting in TSA lines and all of that. On top of that, my kids totally understand what I do now. (laughs) And in a way that they never did before. Like the joke, (laughs) the joke in my house forever was that, that like, uh, uh, my youngest kids, for like six years thought that decisionpulse.com or nicktassler.com was like a place. It was a building (laughs) because that's where daddy goes every day (laughs) (laughs) to work. You know, I'm going to Starbucks, but they think like (laughs) nicktassler.com is a building. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and now like they can literally see, and even, okay. So even aside from that, um, being on stage in the last year, uh, I started taking my oldest two sons. I took each of them with me on, on mm. speaking trips like uh, a couple times. And, and so they kind of got to like actually see. And, the, you know, the clients were amazing. They're like, this is great. This person is going to, you know, take care of them the whole time. They can sit in the front row. Um, you know, what's their name, whatever. And so it was really great in that regard. But they got to like, oh, now when you're gone, I understand what you do. Yeah. But the younger two never really got that because they're too young to take with me. But now, you know, they come up and they're like, "That light is so cool." That, oh, what do those what do those cameras do? Just like yep. you're talking dish with your daughter, in the, in the podcast is like, now they get to actually see. Mm-hmm. It's like every day is take your kids right. to work day, you right. know. And uh, and I I don't know. I like to think that builds a little bit yeah. of a
0: bond. Yeah. Well, I I think it's it's. Um... It's really, well, you know, you having to eat your own dog food and then finding out that, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that stuff I was talking about and telling people to do all this time, eh, that stuff actually yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. so that, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> <laughs> who knew? <laughs> I mean, so I think that's got to be a great, great feeling too. But I think the yeah. other, the, I want to get back to something else you said, uh, the work life balance mm. piece. Yeah. Because I think, you know, what we've seen is we've proven the fact that people can work from home and be productive. In fact, in mm-hmm. men, most cases, more productive than they were going into an yeah. office.
1: It's what the studies are showing. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and so I just wonder if this is kind of the new, um, the new work life. You know where you know like mm-hmm. having your own kind of personal brand and 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 getting your own ideas out there and you know like. Because if you're not in person as much, and I think people are not going to want to be as, you know, fly everywhere and constantly yeah. be traveling as much as they used to. I think some of that's still very important. But I think, um, you know, how do, how do people get to know you? And if if you don't have things like this where people can, you know, like get a little flavor of what you're all about and, you know, what you're doing, you know, like you said, the the, the online resume and things like that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of a... It, I think it's going to emerge as something that's a little bit more important than just sort of this frivolous activity that we're doing while we can't travel, right? I think it's going mm-hmm. to be kind of like, this is how we, you know, get to that work-life balance that we've always wanted that we've never been able to achieve in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. And I'm and I, I curious to get you guys' impressions on this. I mean, the big question for people in my industry and or people who are any way related to meetings and whatever. And, and as I recall, the, the future tech podcast was initially going to be a future tech conference. Correct.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had the future yeah. tech channel, which was having content, but the specific podcast piece came really when we couldn't do a merge and we wanted to still highlight some cool companies. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so, um, so you guys are, are, are experiencing this now. I'm curious. Nine months later, do you guys still foresee an in-person conference, or have you pivoted, and and this this is it? You know, this is the thing, and this is going to be the the platform and the channel where everybody comes together and we do what we do.
0: I, you know, you know, let Sundish answer this too, because I'm sure he's got mm-hmm. some differing opinions about it. But I think. Um, I think this is going to be more of what we do than, you know, the the conferences. Although I do like the idea of the conference Mm -hmm. because I think there is something to be said for having everybody in one place at one time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, conferences were very productive Mm -hmm. because not only could I meet with all – you know, the clients, but I could meet with all these companies and I could get exposure to companies that I had never seen before. And I could sit there and interview them and talk. And, you know, I got a lot of value out of like just the concentration of things. Yeah. But that said, um, in some ways there's a different kind of value that is really uh, rewarding here because having this channel um, brings a a different kind of um, access that i hadn't had Mm -hmm. before you know i i i couldn't sit down and 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 talk to you know the john thompson the chairman of the board of microsoft you know at you know by going to those things but by by developing this channel and getting some of these connections or you know ravi patel for Mm -hmm. example you know (laughs) you know like people like this you know you it's a it's a different kind of access that you can get through doing these Mm -hmm. things than you can you know through the old old way of things so while I, I i i don't think i'll be doing as much of the conferences i don't think anybody's mm-hmm. going to be doing as much of the conferences because i think a lot right. of people there was a good side and there's just a, a huge downside in terms of expense mm-hmm. and time and all that stuff yeah. um so i think it's it's going to be this hybrid world we're going to live in for quite some time and i think you know this sort of thing there's going to be a lot more of this um which i think is great yeah. i think it's great because mm-hmm. i i think you know having Um, Because this is a different tone than what we would take at a conference, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're having sort of like less formal conversations, um, and Mm -hmm. we had these less formal conversations, but they just were never shared with anybody, or they were never the the focus of what what we were doing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this is a really good thing that's Mm -hmm. going on here. Um, so I don't think this will go away, but I don't think that's 100% gone away. But I don't think it'll come back for another year, probably. Yeah, at least. yeah, I would say the
2: yeah. a uh, couple points there. So first, I totally agree. Like the uh, when you go to the conferences, you learn, you you get access to people. We'd be meeting with a lot of different startups and all that good stuff. But the other part about it was like the cultural part of it. You know, technology and the te- the the technology world, the culture is kind of to geek out a little bit. It's kind of to you know. Uh, be on the conference floor, have a beer in your hand at, you know, four, or 30 and have a chat with somebody. And, and, you know, maybe I at, at, go to dinner somewhere with a vendor or two. And then after that, maybe there's a concert or something. And, but there was just uh, that culture and the excitement. And, and that's what really attracted me to the industry, right. Was like, you know, there's things I'm good at and there's things that I am not good at. And I really like people and I like having relationships and I, you know, I, I love having friends and, you know, like you guys and everything. That's what I, that's me. Now that's been taken away from me. Right. And so now I, I culturally, yeah. I think it's going to have a big impact <clears throat> because now the people that got into this industry, the industry isn't what they are <laughs> hoping that it was. The second part of that is, okay. um, you know, it's it is that mental health part of what we have going on here. You know, I think um, you know maybe this is part of that organizational psychology right now because I think what's happened is mm-hmm. there's been so such dramatic changes in the industry that now when we talk about work life balance, everyone, everybody I've spoken to, everyone has said, well, the good thing is, you know what. I'm not traveling as much anymore. I'm hanging out with my kids more. Like me personally, I actually know what's going on in my kids' lives. You know, know, traveling 40 50%, (laughs) Chris and I didn't really always know because our wives took care of a lot of the blocking and tackling. But now I know the issues. I know what they have going on. And I'm an Mm -hmm. active participant actually in their lives and actually Mm -hmm. trying to help them and also help my wife. And so I'll tell you right now, you know i have a six-year-old i have three kids my youngest is six you know uh, she's gonna be in the house for another 11 years right 12 years whatever that is i am very ultra focused to be a a big part of her life you know and uh but i think work has gotten tough and you know where we we were already talking about mental health before the pandemic you know and chris and i have had conversations with people who have lost their complete businesses and You know, unfortunately, you know, just we're just on a call the other day. A divorce attorney, a friend of ours. You know, she's telling me how busy she is. You know, uh, because you know that's just, you know, this is kind of those things. And so, I think from an organizational perspective, and uh, this is this is your bag, you know, or organizational psychology. Like my my question to some of those executives are: the world has changed now, right? And so, how are you? going to motivate your employees how are you going to create a culture mm-hmm. in the new norm before you know everyone is going to the offices if you're not going to the office anymore you don't have that water cooler talk you don't go, get a chance to walk over to chris and be like hey did you see that email that who and who sell is you know sent out blah 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 whatever it might be how was your weekend so now i think organizationally people have to really think about this mm-hmm. because if mm-hmm. you if your employees aren't healthy if they're not physically and mentally healthy i think you're not getting 100% of the value of that employee so how do you how do you do that yeah. you know tell us tell us Nick. yeah
1: yeah i mean I, I, w- I wish i had the answer <laughs> you know um you know i mean to to be honest though like like that that frankly is not um is not an issue that, uh, so yes, I'm an organizational psychologist, but it's not really been something that, um, like there have been people that studied and paid attention to it, but not nearly like all of a sudden. And, And to be honest, like, it hasn't been that important to me or my, my business. It's always been like organizational psychology in terms of how do you get people to make the best decisions on the job and job performance and, and whatever. And now, now we have these other personal factors. Mm -hmm. They're so intermingled. Mm -hmm. There was always a relationship, right? Um, But they're, they're so intertwined now that uh, you can't, you can't separate them in a way. You just can't ignore it. You could before. You, You can't like, you can't, it's, you know like the the you know the cliche mantra is like you know leave it at the door right <laughs> <laughs> they they never left the door you know the door <laughs> the, the same door that they that they came out of in the morning is still the same one you know that they're behind right now and um so i i think that's changed and i do think uh I, i've tried to put a positive spin on everything that's happened and i think you know for me in a lot of ways i'm still you know like the 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 rose colored glasses optimist thinking that this is still going to be better for for me and for my family but there's no question that we know that uh you know people that already were having marital troubles this tipped them over the edge people that were already like had um you know drug and alcohol abuse issues um, you know, and, and like like in those situations, like take t- take a um a case where you've had, I mean, any pick anything, eating disorder, a porn addiction, alcoholism, whatever it is, like whatever is your thing, and you know, we've all got something, right? It's like you set up a world an environment that protects you from it. You know, you 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 get involved in other hobbies that take your mind off it. You da 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 and all of a sudden just like overnight all that stuff was removed. Mm-hmm. All those social barriers that you had erected to protect you from your inner <laughs> demons are gone, um, and uh, so you know it's a uh, uh, it's a challenge. And how much of that the organization is going to take on is a, is a big question. And I, I think everyone has a different answer for it. Yeah. Um, I do think um, at least everyone's sane. Organizationally, I mean, from a, from a corporate perspective, they are stepping up and they are, they are taking more of an active role in mental health for their employees. Of course, it varies by organization mm-hmm. and whatever. But I think, you know, just this week I read um, um, this trust survey um, that oh, yeah. in 2020, yeah, you saw. I know, saw yeah, that, I know right what you're
0: talking right, yeah. yeah, talk about it. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. Yeah.
1: Um, in 2020 the most cited response for where did you get your most trusted information was from my employer yeah which is which is pretty unprecedented in the in the history of work you know like going back a century when corporations were evil and the company was always like the you know like the, the, there was something to be avoided and constantly fought at every turn and now people are saying more than the government, more than journalists, more than media, I trust my company. What my company says is my most reliable wow. source of information. That's a pretty wow. profound shift.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we sort of um, idealize in this country the sort of that 1950s culture, that, that, that sort of mm-hmm. prosperity culture that kind of came out of the 50s. and. You know, obviously, it was not an ideal time and certainly not ideal for everybody. It was, you know, mm-hmm. living hell for some people. But um, I think there's as- the, the aspects of that that we've kind of focus on. I think we're kind of getting back to a little bit here with regard to, you know, people working for, you know, there were more smaller companies rather than large, you know, everybody working for large faceless corporations um and there was a more you know you you worked nine to five you came home and you spent time with your family you spent the weekends with yeah. your family and um and i think there's a there's, there's there's some interesting elements of that 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 we've kind of gotten back to where there's certainly spending more time with your family for you know better or ill um you know and 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 certainly the the fact that um the corporation can't be as faceless as it used to be because this yeah. is a very different dynamic and i think it behooves some of these large corporations to take more of an interest in their employees and the, and the well-being of their employees and the work-life balance Well, look at right? during the pandemic,
2: Chris, mm-hmm. look at how much turnover there's been in technology sales. You know, the people, mm-hmm. it, I, yeah. I would have thought in February, March, that everyone at that point was thinking, we're about to go into uncharted territory. The pandemic is hitting. I'm just going to stay where I am now. Um, I don't want to make any moves. I want to play it safe right? But what happened? Tremendous amount of turnover, so many people leaving. But the question is why? And I feel like there's something inside of them was saying,
0: I got to get out of here. I need to change. I just, I just, I want to start all over somewhere else, right? Well, and and maybe, maybe being, spending more time with your family and having Mm -hmm. more of that, Mm -hmm. that freedom. Um, you know, to just change people's perspectives too on totally, what they want totally. out of life, and and I, I'm only bringing that up just to
2: like I, you know put a bow on that is that I think many people that are making those moves do end up regretting it, you know, and so hmm. it's a shame because the company loses because they lost someone that was a producer that was there for a while, tenure, did any training, knew what they were doing, they're operationally efficient and everything else, but then. When that person leaves and they themselves are like, "Shit, I, sh- I shouldn't have gone. I shouldn't have made that change." You know what I mean? But I think it's if you can create yeah. uh-huh. a culture and an atmosphere where you know you're you're not you don't want to stress your people out to the point where they're just like, "Screw it, I'm out of here." You know?
1: Yeah. Well, I I think you know some of that. Um, I mean, some of that you can you can maybe. Blame on the you know the organization not not being as caring as they could have been or as compassionate, um, but a lot of it I, I do think, and maybe you're you're hinting at this is um, you know when change happens, you you look for some kind of solution to to like um, I, I think there's two ways. One, you're kind of grasping for straws. You know, like I, I just I need something to save me, right? But the other thing I'll say, and, and this is for better or worse, depending on the situation, the person and whatever, is um, a, a big global macro change like this, it's sort of like a, uh, well, it's a it's a macro get out of jail free card. You know, <laughs> like people who are thinking about making changes anyway, all along, you now just had the, um, You've now just been given permission because if anyone questions your like the thing that's always held you back from doing it is like, yeah, but how do I explain this to people? Mm-hmm. How? Do, and now you've got it. The pandemic. Right. Well, so why did you do that? Well, the pandemic. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, enough said. Yeah. yeah. No, right. Nobody questions you anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, it's sort of like, uh, it, it's kind of, um, that is an opportunity and it's a... <laughs> It's a challenge, but that, that opportunity, I would say, was sort of open to all of us. And you know, even, I'll say, in a, in a negative way, like you were talking about divorce lawyers being busier than, than ever, um, I, I would say I know, I believe, I guess I don't know, I believe that in many of those cases, the mental calculus that went through there is, now I've got an excuse. Yeah. Well, the stress hmm. of the pandemic.
0: That's an interesting perspective, you know, yeah.
1: But you know, it's the stress of the pandemic, yeah. and um, so you know, like everybody has that excuse. That, yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah. I also think we're in our case. What I have seen, and I talk to a lot of salespeople, right? In uh, like daily, all constantly. I think we we convince ourselves of things in our brain that just aren't true. Like we we have a couple bad quarters, and we think that. Everyone's talking about us, man. Everyone, God, everyone's probably talking about how bad I am and how I have been able to produce or I lost that deal or, you know, whatever it is, right? They, they think that people actually give a shit. And the reality is... No one's talking about them. No one's really, you know, yeah. angry at Everybody's them, whatever it is.
0: self-absorbed with their own problems. Exactly. Right. You know, but right. in
2: your own brain, it's the biggest thing and you make it bigger, you yeah, know? No doubt. Like, mm-hmm. like God, now how many times would I tell Chris, Chris, I feel like people are mad at me. You know, I feel like, you know, people really, if I, if I don't get this deal, man, like I, this is not going to be good for me. Where Chris is like, you know, I don't think anyone cares. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm like, yeah,
2: right. I, th- I think you don't care, you
1: know, because <laughs> <laughs> you never loved me to start with,
2: <laughs> but Dad. Yeah, yeah. But I don't Dad, know. Yeah, but wow. it's hey, look, these are uh, there's going to be unintended consequences. You know, a lot of this stuff that's just going on. You know, and I, and I personally don't even like. I think this is going to continue to change. I think there's yeah. w- forget about what happened in 2020. I think the next couple of years we're going to see some big shifts and there 's going it 's going to continue
1: well, and i I think on the positive side is, is we 're going to see big shifts because like like the three of us have been talking about um, we 've started now to see what I was saying earlier was an article of faith in the beginning that you know there 's going to be some new ways of thinking that are going to come out of this that we can 't see now, but they 're coming well now now they are coming, mm-hmm. and and we have seen them, you know these little insights you know like like Sandish, I know um, you know, starting the, the, the podcast, um, super brown. You know, you're, you're super Brown. Um, you know, like with that, it's okay. There's a learning curve, but there's also that, that element of excitement mm. that goes along with that learning curve. It's a little scary. It's a little nerve wracking, kind of stressful, mm-hmm. but it's also a little bit exciting. And I think all of us are, are like in that same, you know, we're kind of on edge, but, you know, being on edge is just a matter of being uh, excited as much as it is being anxious, you know. Exactly. And I like to think that we're just now scratching the surface of, of what could happen.
0: Yeah. yeah. The world is our oyster. You know, you know tell me about, you know, you obviously there's nicktassler.com. You know, you're doing uh, speaking engagements for corporations. You've got a really uh, fun uh, personality assessment that's up. I know it's mm-hmm. at nicktassler.com assessments and i mm-hmm. like you uh found that i was i tended more towards the freedom uh, end of the spectrum than than other ends of the spectrum but i mean i don't know if you want to talk about a little bit about like some of the things that you got going on
1: yeah yeah so um you know really that's it's funny i've had that assessment for probably 10 years and now kind of like we were talking about...
0: um, It's time to reassess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, reassess, and you guys had mentioned earlier, um, you know, like everyone's sort of looking for their their purpose right now, and so some of these issues uh, that that were just kind of labors of love for me in the past, now I feel are, are, you know, um, they're relevant to people in a new way that, that they weren't before, so... I'm just frankly having a lot of fun doing things less for, okay, maybe this will make some money. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But um, again, opening my eyes to these possibilities of it's fun making videos now. And so I'm, I'm making videos. I'm putting them up on all the social media channels. I have no idea if people like are really going to be – I have no delusions about being, becoming a YouTube superstar or um, what, I don't even know what you call what do you, what do you call people to get paid on YouTube? YouTubers. YouTube pros. <laughs> YouTubers. YouTubers, right? I mean, isn't everybody a YouTuber? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you've ever posted Influencers. Like, anyway. Influencers, right. Social media influencers, right? Um, but anyway, so I, I've just basically, I've, I've like democratized what I do. So it was before, you know, you have to work for this organization who's going to pay me this rate to come and talk to you. And now what this has done is it's like opened up I I've I I'm able now to put my stuff in video form and make it available to the world. You don't have to pay a penny. You just go to Instagram. You go to Facebook. You go to LinkedIn. You go to YouTube, and and I'm there for for better or worse. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> no, right?
2: that's great. And hey, man, you just got started, right? It's not about how yeah how you know how you get started. It's how you're going to end this journey, right? And so yeah. just yeah, like yeah. keeping that in mind is what like gets gets me excited i can tell you're i'm really glad like it's amazing to me how far you've come along i mean this is crazy yeah like chris 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 has been dying to have this conversation with you because you know you you did it so do you see what tassler's doing
0: do you see tassler (laughs)
2: and i'm like yeah well I, i subscribe to his stuff you know um but to see you have that radical shift and now to understand everything that you've done Is super awesome, and I and I and I'm happy for you, man. You're gonna, you know. I think uh, I I, I think the the best days of Nick Tassler are still yet to come.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I agree.
1: I I hope so. I hope so. I I tell you though too, like, um, and I don't know how relevant this is to everyone else, but um, you know, for for me, it's also been like like a uh, the business model has changed in a way that's made these things. Uh, it hasn't been just a conscious, you know, like for example, okay, let's use video for example. Um, I've been wanting to make videos forever. I'm thinking, you know, and I look at, okay, what do I do? What are my, you know, what are my skills? What are my differentiators? I think they're, they're, they're as, as good or better on video than they are, say, in a blog post or an article or something like that. Right. Like if I can bring it to life um, on the camera, but there hasn't been a market for it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: until now, you know? I mean, there of course, there's always been a market for putting free stuff on YouTube, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's like now that like the world has changed so much where it doesn't just have to be like this kind of guilty pleasure. Right. If you're thinking about doing something for technology-wise, even if you don't have your own business, like you're saying, Dish, like to be a salesperson mm-hmm. now, um, having a podcast and doing videos and things, like you can make a very rational business case for why that's a really good idea, even if it's just stuff that I'm really interested right. in.
0: Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. So, well, anyway, it it's been a it's been a wild year. I mean, tw- now we're into 2021, but 2021 was a wild year. And I I got to say, like, when I look back in 10 years, I feel like I'm going to say, you know, I made a huge shift that was really interesting and fun. And mm-hmm. um, I think I think there's a lot of cool stuff still to do, and I'm I'm ex- excited for it. And I'm excited for what you know you're going to do i'm i'm excited to you know see see more uh, nick tassler videos you know
1: you know i i'll tell you one other thing here chris before we go um i i think i always someone told me this once early when um um about writing um and like another another author had said you know the the cool thing about it is this is etched into like these words can never be taken from you. Like they are now. Yeah. <laughs> even if no one buys it fifty years from now, you can show your kids yes. like a book. And I think you can look at a podcast or a video in the same way. Even if you, you know, even if it doesn't become a thriving business, you stop doing it. You always now have a record of that's what I did. That was, you know, this is who I am. These this is what I thought. This is what how I talked. Um that's what I did. And uh I think that's just pretty cool, even if you can't monetize it. Right. Um,
0: hopefully, you just don't get too many copyright strikes.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> just don't, just
0: all don't, yeah. don't don't use, use Eagle, no songs. Eagle songs. Don't use Eagle yeah. songs. No Eagle songs.
2: That's the key. Don't get it's booted off of YouTube. But to that point, I th- and, you know, Nick, Chris, and I are uh, you know, as you know, very, very good friends, and so like we talk about a lot yeah. of stuff. Right, ninety percent of the time, we're not talking about work; we're talking about life. And uh, you know, he's been uh, a great life coach for me. And as we've been kind of talking about what do we want to, uh, out of life, we've been talking about our legacy. And, and I, think, I think what you're mm-hmm. like hitting on there is like – Yes, is legacy. Is legacy. Exactly. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, so if my if future tech, super brown pot, whatever it is, doesn't, doesn't turn out to be something amazing, uh, but there's like a hit – there's a track record now of things that my kids can maybe look at. Because like right now, you know, they don't care about my podcast at all, right? Like you know, they, they just want to be on one. Um, but when they're older, maybe they can look back and be like, "Oh yeah, he was. He, this is what he thought about this. This is this is how he right. treated people or situations, and this mm-hmm. is what was important to him. And this was him and Chris and Mr. Tassler talking about us and us as kids when we mm-hmm. were young and what a pain in yeah. the ass that was, you know, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> right. you know. So like, I, I I really look forward to that, you know. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Well. Hey, you know, here's to all of us making a lot more videos uh, and, you know, hopefully we can, you know, reconnect, you know, not a, make it a whole year, but reconnect and, and see where, where you go to in 2021 this year, uh, Nick. I, I, I'm excited to see how, how we continue to pivot, all of us, all of us.
1: Absolutely. I, Absolutely. Can't wait till the next time, Chris. Yeah.
0: And I really appreciate you being on and thanks for sharing everything with us. And congratulations yeah, on your success so far. And likewise. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. So thanks for watching. If you like what you saw, click on that like button, hit that subscribe button, because that helps a ton. And if you want to get notified when we post new content, click on that bell icon. And I will see you in the next video.